0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bell. Thank you again, Sooner Rose Baptist Church. We appreciate your hospitality. It's our privilege to be back in the great state of Oklahoma again. And um, uh, like I said, I was I was born down the road in Duncan and raised the first 18 years of my life in big town of Marlow, just north of that. If you know where that is, you know you probably know something big. I don't know. So, so. Um, uh, but it is our privilege to be here this week. And. Um, uh, if, you, if you remember my name, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to remember uh, something from the Word of God tonight. It's not important for me to be remembered, but I'm glad to be able to be here to bring to you uh, the infallible, inerrant uh, Word of God, Amen. you know, and that is the King James Bible. And um, we're glad that He speaks to us through it every time we pick it up. It's alive. It's, it's a, it's, it says the Word of God is quick. That means it's alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharper. Than any two-edged sword, and I'm glad uh, for the privilege to own several copies of it. And Lord, I, I don't want to stand before the Lord uh, with an unread or an unstudied Bible. I want to. I want to. You know, there's there's things in here that I'll never understand fully. If we did, if we understood 100 percent of this book, I believe we'd be as smart as God is. You know, some of these things we we take by faith and we move on and we live for God uh, the best we can. But we. I want to thank the Lord for saving me, it saved me when I was 19 years old, and I thank the Lord for working in our life and for letting me just do a little part uh, in the ministry for Him. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 1, we're going to begin reading. Of course, if you're familiar with that, you're familiar with that, it's the Sermon on the Mount. But while you're turning there, I want to read, a, read this again. I read it yesterday morning. It's a, it's a paragraph out of Vance Havner's book called Pepper and Salt. And Brother Havner said this. If you know Vance Havner, he's a preacher from yesteryear. and hear him every once in a while on the radio. And um, Brother Havner said this. He said, a revival is not an evangelistic campaign. It is not a drive for more church members. It is not a temporary stir of stepped-up activity among church members or a week of protracted protact- meetings with an aisle parade of cheap rededications. A revival is a work of God's spirit among Christians whereby they get right with God, where they get right with themselves and with others. It means conviction of sin on the part of Christians. It means repentance and confession of sin. It means reconciliation and restitution. It means getting right with others. It means separation from the world and submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ and being filled with the spirit. Such a revival precedes and will produce effective evangelism. For when the joy of salvation is restored, transgressors shall be taught God's ways, and sinners will be converted to Him. I told Brother Bell earlier in the week, uh, I don't bring revival in my pocket. I bring you the Word of God. I want to be right with God. I want to be right with Him when I'm uh, preaching, and, and not just here, but in my daily life. I want to live for Him. I want to bring to you the Word of God tonight, and what you do with it is up to you and God. So tonight we're going to read just a few verses here. We're going to read the first 12 verses, Matthew chapter number 5. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. We'll just read the first 12 verses, let you stretch your legs. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Or for my sake, excuse me. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege, Lord, to be able to stand, Lord, to try to preach your word. And, Lord, we don't want to stand, uh, Lord, in our own strength. We de- desire your, your touch, your help, your unction. Amen. And, Lord, we pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord, that you'd speak to my heart, and help us, Lord, to have ears to hear tonight what you've got to say to us. And, Lord, I pray uh, that you'd just help me, Lord, to uh, remember the things I've tried to study. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, uh, to apply your word to our lives. Thank you again for the privilege to be here. Lord, I've tried to make sure I'm right with you, Lord. And if there's any unconfessed sin in my life, Lord, I want it. I don't want anything between me and you, Lord. Please help me, God, Lord, to be a vessel that you can use. Do a work, we pray tonight, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to take our text tonight out of verse number six. Our verse says this Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. As we're looking at these beatitudes, we don't—we're not going to look at all these, but uh, we have these beatitudes that the Lord gave us, and we need to remember. Uh, that according to verse number 2, and I tried to emphasize uh, that word them there in verse number 2, as I read that, we need to remember uh, that the Lord Jesus uh, was talking to His disciples. He wasn't talking to the lost crowd. He was talking to His followers. He was talking to the saved. And we see that there in verse number 2. And He opened His mouth and taught who? He taught them. Referring to uh, the disciples. And Jesus was speaking to save people here. And another thing we need to remember is that the word blessed, he starts with each one of these verses, verse number 3 down through uh, verse number 11. Blessed, the word blessed literally means happy. It means to be happy. It says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. As I was uh, meditating on this uh, verse here, I was thinking how that hunger and thirst are the most basic demands uh, that drives our physical nature for hunger uh, and thirst. Sometimes uh, we see something that's new on the market, something that's new that's been advertised. We see something out there that's new and we think we just uh, can't do without it. We just have to have it but when it comes down to it, what we've got to really have is food and water. Right. Food and water. Food and water. It's the real necessities of life. A lost man, person that hasn't been saved, person that doesn't know God, often wants to do good, often wants to uh, be accepted by God. And many times they try to be religious. I tried that my own self, but religion won't get it. It's got to be salvation. You've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be born again, as Jesus told uh, Nicodemus. You must have a personal uh, relationship with him. You're not going to get there in your own uh, works. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, and renewing uh, of the Holy Ghost. You see, but the religions of the world, the religions of the world will not satisfy. I saw, I think it was a Buddhist uh, temple down here the other day that I saw, but the religions of the world uh, will never satisfy. They'll never satisfy, never, never satisfy satisfy the human craving for peace and happiness that man has within. You see, every one of us was born with a whole, a God-shaped hole in our soul uh, that we try to fill up, that man tries to fill up with all kind of different things. Uh, they'll try it with, with alcohol. They'll try it with drugs. They'll try it with relationships, relationship. They'll try with all different kind of things to fill up that void within. But I'm telling you, only Jesus Christ can fill that soul. It's just not in the fallen nature of man. Be righteous. When a person gets saved, when a person gets saved, S-A-V-E-D, saved, God puts a hunger and God puts a a desire in the heart of the believer uh, to be right with God and and to know more and more about Him. You say, how do you know that? Because I learned it out of this Bible. And not only learned out of this Bible, I learned it by experience in my own life I ever got saved. You see, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 2, it says, as newborn babes, that's talking about spiritually, as newborn babes desire the sincere uh, milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, a baby a baby has a, a, a something that drives them. They're hungry and they want more. It, they'll get satisfied for a little while, but after that digestion process takes place, hey, they need some more. They need some more, and that's the way it is in this Christian life. If you're going to be happy, if you're going to be blessed, as Jesus said here, if you're going to be happy as a saved person, uh, you're you're going to have to hunger and thirst, but it's after righteousness. It's not after the things of this world. It's after righteousness. Some people have the idea that once you're saved, you'll be happy. And that all your problems will be solved. Well, You'll be happy. But the Christian life is not a, not a bed of roses. There's some thorns in there. Amen. You know, I'm, you know, I'm glad God didn't show us the whole picture. I'm glad he showed me what I was and what I, what I needed and where I was going if I didn't get saved. You see, there is great joy in salvation. I'm glad for that. But if you and I as a saved person feed on the things of this world, We will neither be happy nor right with God. The most miserable person in the world today is those that are saved and not right with God. Saved, but not right. Saved, but out of fellowship with God. Saved, but carrying on and hanging on to the things of this world and not right with God. If you're saved and away from God, God won't allow you to be happy. If you're really His, He will chasten you. He will chasten you as a child of God. Uh, The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12, Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 7, If you endure chastening, uh, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is He whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you're bastards and not sons. He says what, you, what he's really saying there is, he says if God doesn't deal with you, if you sin and you, and, and you, get, and you do things that are not right uh, for a child of God and God doesn't deal with you and God doesn't convict you and show you that that's wrong, the Bible says really what's what it's saying is you're really not saved. Right. Right. Really saying you're an illegitimate child is what it's saying. Amen. I was meditating on this verse that we're taking our text from years ago as I was just thinking on it before I ever got this message and I was thinking on it and I'm not for changing the word of God I don't believe we should do that and I'm not doing that when I say this but sometimes when we look at the scripture sometimes it's good to see what it does not say and I want to look at this verse here just like this but I want to change it not to change the scripture but just to flip it look at what the opposite of this verse would say We read the verse that Jesus gave to His disciples here, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know what the opposite of that verse would be? I call it the KEH version, because that's my initials. (laughs) The opposite of that verse would be, Unhappy are they which do not hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall not be filled. It's not going to happen you're not going to be filled with the lord you're not going to be filled with the holy spirit every christian every person that's been born again longs for has a longing for righteousness uh, to a certain degree but too often the intensity of the uh, the intensity uh, of our desire is lacking and we're not as hungry uh, as we should be the person that's hungry is empty i'm not saying you're empty and you don't have the lord you don't have the holy spirit well, i'm saying the person that's hungry empty on the inside. They're they're empty. He's tasted of the heavenly gift, and he's got a strong desire for more. That person that's that's thirsty is dry. 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 And he's got a strong desire for more. I want to give you just a few thoughts here tonight uh, out of uh, verse number 6. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they Shall be filled. Number one, I see indication in this verse. Indication in this beatitude. You show me a person that has a hunger and thirst for the things of God, and it tells me something about that person. It tells me something about that person. First thing I'd like to say is that hunger and thirst, they indicate life. They indicate life. You see, living things, hunger and thirst. But dead things, dead things, they have no desire. They have no longings. uh, They have no longing for anything. Living things, they've got a hunger. uh, They've got a thirst. They've got desire. You see, uh, they want more. They've got to have it. A dead tree. We, we, where we live in Georgia, we live in a little bit of a rural area, and we've got neighbors we can see, you know, and uh, uh, over through there's the rolling uh, pasture there, and some of the neighbors there, they've got some horses there, and, and they, um, they bale the hay, and, and on beyond their property, the fence line there, it, there's a tree line there, and there's, a, there's quite a bit of trees there, and there's a dead tree there. You can see it there. It just stands out because huge, huge tree, but it's dead. You see a dead tree? it'll take in water and it'll eventually rot but it will provide no shade and it'll provide no fruit why? because it's dead it's dead a dead man will not eat Lord willing tomorrow I'm going to drive down to Marlow and I'll visit my dad's grave my dad died in January of 2018 he hasn't had a bite since then why he's not alive anymore he's dead the dead sea it takes in it's below sea level it's got an inlet but it doesn't have an outlet it takes in and takes in and takes in but it doesn't give out too many times we've got dead sea christians They take in, and they take in. They come to church, and they get, and they get, and they never give it out. When I look at this beatitude, I see indication of life. Hunger and thirst indicate life. I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 5. won't take time to read all of this but in mark chapter number five verses number one to twenty jesus saved the maniac of gadara then in verses number 21 through verse number 23 jairus approaches jesus uh, because his daughter is at the point of death and then verses 24 through verse number 34, Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus's daughter, and he gets interrupted by a woman that has the issue of blood. Uh, but then in verse number 35, look at verse number 35, if you will. We see it says, And, yet, and while he yet spake, there came uh, from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. He suffered no man uh, to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house, uh, the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when uh, he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when they but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother and the damsel of the damsel and and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel uh, by the hand, and he saith unto her, uh, Talitha Akumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, and she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And he commanded them to get, and commanded uh, that something should be given to her. To what? To eat. To eat. We know that this young lady was alive because we have the evidence. She was hungry. She wanted something to eat. She was hungry. Hunger uh, and thirst, uh, they indicate a life. The person that isn't saved is spiritually dead on the inside. Uh, they're, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, one, And you ha- hath he quickened who were dead. You see, before we got saved, before we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, alive on the outside, yes, we was alive physically, but on the inside, spiritually, we was dead. Had no life. But when we got saved, Jesus quickened us, made us alive and made us have a hunger and thirst after righteousness. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, chapter number 5, verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man uh, uh, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You see, you see, I wasn't in the garden that day, and you wasn't in the garden that day, and the Bible tells us that Adam, Jesus, the, the Lord told uh, Adam, The day that thou takest there, you're going to die. We know he didn't die that day, but he died before he reached a thousand. Right. You know, the thousand years is one day of the Lord. It's what the Bible tells us in the book of Peter. He didn't die physically that day, but he did die spiritually. He did die spiritually. and We inherited that sin nature. John 5 and verse number 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. I ask you this morning, or this evening, have you heard His voice? Have you heard His voice? Are you alive spiritually? Do you hunger? Do you thirst after righteousness? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst, they indicate life. But not only that, hunger and thirst indicates health. Health. You get sick. We do get sick from time to time. We go to the doctor, and I'm glad for we can have doctors we can go to when we, we need them. And one of the first questions that they'll usually ask you is, How's your appetite? What are you eating? What's going on? You see, a healthy person doesn't have problems with their appetite. The Bible tells us in the book of John, chapter number 6, and verse number 32, that Jesus is the true bread from heaven. Amen. In John chapter number 6 and verse number 33, he said, I'm the bread of God. Uh, in John chapter number 6 and verse number 35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Amen. I ask you this evening, I ask you, are you feeding on the Lord Jesus? Amen. Are you feeding on the Lord Jesus or are you feeding on the things this world? Amen. What you yes, are you filling up on? Are you filling up on the word of God? What's, what is it when you wake up? What is it when you wake up? Are you filling up on the Word of God? Or is this what we're filling up on? What are we filling up on? Sin. It's that disease that eats away at our spiritual life and robs us of our spiritual desires. Spoils our appetite. takes away that appetite. How is your spiritual appetite tonight? hunger and thirst they indicate life hunger and thirst they indicate health but hunger and thirst they indicate growth growth when the baby's hungry <laughs> you don't have to ask him we've had 3 at the house not at the same time but when the baby's hungry you going to know it you going to know it <laughs> give me something give me some milk That that was the translation for that wine, if you didn't know what that means, Give me some milk. If that baby's going to grow, if that baby's going to mature, the desires of his stomach must be met. It must be met. And that's the way it is in our walk with the Lord. Uh, I read you the verse earlier, 1 Peter 2 and verse number 2. As newborn babes, desire, desire, desire the sincere milk of the word. You know, as a, as a new child of God, uh, God didn't start feeding us the meat. We, we got in on the milk. And as we grow, hey, I'm glad I I'm, to I'm glad, I'm glad get a drink of milk every once in a while. I'm glad I am cut into a steak. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I could come to church as a young, young believer and get fed. I'm glad I can get up in the morning and get out the cookbook. Amen. Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 18, it says, But grow in grace. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Him be glory now and forever and ever. And amen. The Bible tells us over in the book of Acts, chapter number 20 and verse number twenty, excuse me, verse number thirty two, Acts twenty and verse number thirty-two, the Bible says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. You see, uh, the Bible says here, He says, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. You see, it's God and His Word that strengthens us and builds us up and makes us stronger and helps us to mature and helps us to grow. Amen. When, we're, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Word of God is what feeds that hunger uh, and that thirst. When I look at this beatitude, I see indication in this beatitude, number one. Number two, second thing I see when I look at this beatitude, I see desperation. Desperation. It says here, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. To be filled, we need to be empty. Empty. Someone that's hungry and thirsty, Someone that's hungry and thirsty is someone that's not satisfied with yesterday's meal. Amen. Oh, we had some good food yesterday. I woke up this morning. I thought. I said, "Amy, you'll go down and check out, see what they got down there on that breakfast bar." She said, "Yeah, I think we'll go down." Why? Because all the we ate yesterday. I ate so much yesterday after church with the bell at lunch. I got to church last night. And I said, "I'm not eating supper." I was full. It's a miracle I was able to preach last night. But I ate again. Why? Because it just, it just, it left. It, it went away. I had to have some more nourishment. I remember years ago my pastor telling me about a friend of his that was in World War II. And they was in a bad battle, and they, they, they a bad situation, and they, they had run out of water. And the men in their platoon, they were out of water, and they were so thirsty that they'd get up uh, before the sun would rise, and they'd lick the dew off the grass because they are desperate. They was hungry. They was thirsty. I was reading an article about the conflict or the war that's going on between Israel and the Palestine, Palestinians, or the, or the Hamas, whatever you want to call it there, on the Gaza Strip. And I was reading uh, today how that Israel has uh, the borders blocked in order to keep uh, uh, food and, and water and medicine and, and, and things like that and fuel from entering into Gaza. Why? Because they want those 199 hostages released. They want them, and I do too. And you know what the, you know what the Palestinians are doing now? Because the water's sparse, they're drinking polluted water that's salty and has human waste in it. They're going to the edges of the sea, and they're digging wells. Why? Because they're desperate. They're desperate. When I look at this beatitude, I see desperation You see, we need to remember that hunger and thirst, that the hunger and thirst of this beatitude is a spiritual hunger. It's a a hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. You see, when we feed on the things of the world, the things of the world is going to fill us up. It's going to fill us up, but they will not make us happy. They will not make us blessed. Go ahead, fill fill up on the things of the world. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be right with God. This is what we need to fill up on we feed on the things of the world it'll spoil our spiritual appetite before we went the mission field I was working some 12 hour shifts and, and sometimes I was working construction too and, and sometimes I just get hungry before I got home bro. Josh I just get hungry and I need to stop and I thought I just need to get me a candy bar and a coke you know brother I mean I, I needed something to carry me on I was I was a growing boy you might say but um, uh, But every time that I'd stop and I'd get home, my wife had supper cooked for us. She'd say, you stopped and got something to eat, didn't you? How'd she know that? Because my appetite wasn't what it should have been. I wasn't the hungry man that she was expecting to come home. You know what I'd done? I stopped and I got a little gas station fodder. And I spoiled my appetite. You know what happens when we get up in the morning and we turn on the news and we pick up our phone and we start looking at this stuff? We start spoiling our spiritual appetite. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is, it says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things should be added unto you. I'm guilty too, especially in the days that we're living in right now. I wake up in the morning, I want to say, what happened last night in Israel? You know, the Bible says, He said in the book of Luke, it says, when these things begin to come to pass, you read the end of that. And I know it's talking about the revelation when Jesus is coming back and resting his feet down upon the Mount of Olives. But he said, when these be- things begin to come to pass, he said, you look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. We need to be looking to Jesus right now. I'm telling you, he's on the way. He's on the way. He's on the way hunger and thirst blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled you see a hungry man is a desperate man a desperate man now think about Jacob and Esau you remember the story how that, how that, that Esau uh, sold his birthright I mean he sold out for one bowl of pottage or stew why did he do that I really wonder if he thought he was gonna die. I really wonder if he was really that far gone. He might have been. He was he was desperate. What he said, what good is a birthright if I'm gonna die? Hunger and thirst. Hunger, a hungry man's a desperate man. And a person that's hungry for God will be desperate as well. Desperate, the Bible tells us over in Psalm. Psalm 1, it even starts off with the same word that Jesus is using here. Blessed, blessed, the Bible says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He's got to have it. It's not just on Sunday morning. It's not just on Sunday night. It's not just midweek service. It's every morning. It's every day. And in the, and in the evening. You've got to have it. You got to have the Word of God. Somebody's calling. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 2. We read it earlier. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. And the next verse is, If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Bible says in Psalm 34 and verse number 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. John 7, and 37, in and verse number, and the second part of the verse, it says, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Amen. Hunger and thirst. When I look at this beatitude, I see desperation. Food and drink is the only thing that's going to satisfy the physical hunger and thirst, and righteousness 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 is the only thing that will satisfy the hungry soul the world will never satisfy your hunger as a child of god it'll never satisfy the thirst for righteousness i looked up the word righteousness in my strong's concordance and mr strong defined the word righteousness as this he says it's the condition acceptable to god The doctrine concerning the way in which a man may attain a state approved of God, its integrity, its virtue, its purity of life, its rightness, its correctness of thinking, its uh, correctness of thinking and feeling and acting. When I say hunger and thirst after righteousness, I'm not referring to a man being righteous in order to be saved. The Bible plainly tells us in Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. My righteousness. And that's not what we're hungering for. Jesus is referring to being more, to being more hungry, but to be more holy and more righteous because we are saved. The Bible tells us in the book of Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 7, Peter tells us that we're to add these things to our faith. We're to, add, we're to add these things to our faith. Virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity. You see, it's just not get saved and then I'm on my way to heaven. Yes, we're on our way to heaven but we got to grow. We're a babe. we God wants us to mature and be able to be used of Him so that others can be able to see Him through us when I look at Matthew 5 6 I see indication I see desperation but thirdly when I look at Matthew 5 6 I see dedication 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 from the child of God but not only that dedication from the Lord when we look at dedication for the child of God, I got to thinking, you know, if I'm hungry, if somebody's cooking for something, I need to show up at the table. Right. I need to show up at the table. Yes. If we're going to be filled, we've got to show up. Amen. That means we've got to be faithful. Faithful. The psalmist said in Psalm 106, excuse me, Psalm 106 and verse number 3. I'll read it and you listen. Psalm 106 and verse number 3. He starts off with that same word we're using, blessed. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Blessed are they uh, that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. I'm saying I see see dedication in this beatitude. I see dedication uh, from the child of God because God wants us to be faithful. Faithful. Faithful to show up. Hungry for the word of God. Uh, Faithful for fellowship uh, with God. Faithful in praying and spending time and and getting with Him and and casting your care upon Him. You realize we can't carry this load that we go through? Can't do it. He said, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. And He said, And He shall sustain thee. Faithful, faithful to the Word of God, faithful to fellowship with God. What about being faithful to be a witness for God? When's the last time we talked to somebody about the Lord? When's the last time you made an effort? See, I was—I stand at the gas. I mean, there's been time since then, but just the other day at the gas station, I'd been—I'd worked all day and I was out of diesel and I had to stop and get something to get on home, and um. There's these three guys there, they had their their four-wheel drive Jeep, and they're probably my age or a little older, and they was going on about it, and and they was on the opposite side of the pump and and, and they was cussing and it was bothering me. I was just trying to get I was getting a little bit aggravated. Getting a little bit aggravated. I said, Lord, I didn't really really want to hear all this. And the Lord said, Well, why don't you just witness to them? I said, All right. Grab me three gospel tracks right out of the truck. Had some right there in the pocket, and there's still some out there right now. Went out to these men. He said, how y'all doing today, sir? I want to give you a gospel track. And, and I said, I want you to think about eternity. Amen. Think about eternity. Amen. You know what one of them said? He said, oh, my, here I am cussing. Amen. I didn't say anything to him. Right. But I tried to do what the Lord wanted me to do. Yes, what about being, I'm talking about witnessing to our neighbors. Yes, sir. Do you know your neighbor's name? Have you witnessed to them? Have you told them about Jesus? Do they know who you are? Do they know why you're leaving on Sunday? Amen. I'm talking about being faithful. I see dedication in this beatitude. Dedication from the child of God and dedication from the Lord. Dedication from the Lord, it says, and he shall be filled. It's a promise. He said, You show up hungry. You show up thirsty, he said, I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to fill you up. And not only that, he said, you're going to be happy. You're going to be blessed. De- I'm talking about dedication from the Lord. Dedication from the Lord. So I see indication in this beatitude. I see, I see um, desperation in this beatitude. I see dedication in this beatitude. But lastly tonight, number four, I see limitation. 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 Look at our verse. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's 15 words in verse number 6, if I counted correctly. If I counted correctly, there's 74 letters in verse number 6. But I think the most important word in the entire verse is one of the two-letter words. Do. 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 See what it says? Blessed are they which do hunger. Do hunger. Do you have that do hunger tonight? Amen. Is it still there? Do you have that do hunger? Amen. We're going to have to have that present tense. It's pre- present tense hunger and thirst for righteousness if we're going to be satisfied when we're not hungry and thirsty uh, after righteousness we're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit you say oh that's charismatic oh no that's Bible Ephesians chapter number Ephesians chapter number 5 verse number 18 be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be ye filled with the Spirit speaking yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs on and on it goes it tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit that's not charismatic that's Bible that's Bible. I'm not talking about talk, talking in tongues. No, 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 no. You see, when we're not hungry and thirst after righteousness, we're not going to be filled. We're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no power of God in our lives. We're going to end up living a carnal, fleshly, and selfish life. The words here in our text are blessed are they which do hunger. Right. It didn't say used to hunger in the past. It didn't say, that's where I want to be in the future. Amen. It's right now. Amen. It's right now. It's right now. It's present tense. Psalm 107 and verse number 9 says, For he satisfieth the longing soul. Do you have that? Do you have that in your soul? That longing? For he sat, he, he's, he's got the satisfaction. For he satisfieth the the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 81, verse number 10 and 11, I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. He says, open thy mouth wide and I like it. And he says, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own hearts lust and they walked in their own counsels. This is why so many saved people are powerless in their walk with God because we're limited. Limited. We don't have the hunger and the desire like we should. We're just not hungry enough. We're full of the things of this world. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'm going to close, but I want to ask you three questions. Our pianist is coming tonight. And as she's coming, I want to ask you three questions. And I'm not just asking them to you tonight. I'm pointing them to me too. How's your appetite? I used to have in my office when we was in Australia, I used to have this prayer. I'm not much on reading prayers or things like that, but every once in a while I'd, come across one i think it was tozer somebody that was a quote from and in that prayer he said i hunger to be hungry you know what he said there you know what he was saying he said i'm not as hungry as i know i should be but i want to be he said i hunger to be hungry i'm asking you tonight how's your appetite number two i want to ask you what's your intake Is it the Word or is it the world? Thirdly, tonight I want to ask you do you have an overflow? Do you have an overflow? I'm talking about when Jesus referred here to being blessed, talking about being happy. I'm talking about where he said it, that he'd fill you up. Do you have an overflow? I remember. I remember as a boy growing up, I'd go to my grandparents' house and my granddad liked grapefruit. I can't stand grapefruit. If you like it, I, I, you know, that's between you and God. You know, but he loved grapefruit and I liked to sit there and watch him. He had a grapefruit spoon. Do you know what a grapefruit spoon is with the teeth on it? He'd cut that out and he'd slice up those segments in there and he'd have a grapefruit after his, with his breakfast every morning. He'd spoon these with me, that, that fruit out And he'd get all that fruit out, and then he'd take that half a grapefruit, he'd put it up, and he'd squeeze it, get a spoonful of it. He'd squeeze it, and he'd get just about every drop of it out of there. And you know what? When you squeeze that grapefruit, you get grapefruit juice. Right? You get grapefruit juice. Too many times when I get squeezed, people see me instead of Christ I'm asking you tonight do you have an overflow when you get squeezed what do people see what do they see are you satisfied are you satisfied where you are as I ask that question I want you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed I don't know where you are in life I trust everybody here is saved but there might not be somebody somebody here that might not be saved if God's dealt in your heart tonight to show you that, hey, I don't have that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm not doing that. I don't have that desire like I should have. So, hey, you need to check up. The Bible does tell us to examine ourselves where we'll be in the faith. Amen. And if you're here as a child of God and your hunger is not what it should be, or you've been feeding on the things of this world, I encourage you to come. I encourage you to take opportunity and come to God and say, God, I need some help. I need some help. What's our number tonight, brother?